Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back. We're in a brand new chapter today in the book of Jeremiah, the very famous uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. And we won't get to some of those more familiar verses today, but uh, wow, what a, a very instructive and important passage this is. So let's jump right in, uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, and would you look uh, with me please at verse number one. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of your altars. So Think about what the Lord is saying here, metaphorically. He's saying that the heart, uh, the the will, uh, the mindset of the people of God is set. Uh, They have just habituated themselves to idolatry, toward rebellion, toward backsliding, a common word in uh, Jeremiah's preaching. And the Lord just calls them out on it. Verse number one. He said that that your sin is written with a pen of iron. It's indelible. Uh, It's almost like it's graven in a rock. You think about the Ten Commandments, written in stone, sometimes we say, with the point of a diamond. We know today that a diamond tip is uh, the the strongest way by which something can be engraved. So think about the, the, the hardness and the indelibility of the sin of Judah. Uh, This is not going away. This is hard and fast. Then it says this, that it is graven upon the table of their heart. So when you think about a heart, the heart of a person, you think about something that's fleshy and and soft and tissuey. But the Bible says it's graven upon the table, a table uh, of their heart. How is that possible? That's only possible if the heart is hard, right? If the heart is is, uh, like stone. And that's exactly what the point is here. They are hard-hearted. And their sin is graven upon the table of their heart. So there's really a a double application here or or meaning. that The point is that they are intractable in their sinful ways. That they, they are just set. But the other point is this, that their sin is inward. It's, it's from their heart. This is not just what they're doing ignorantly, but this is their intention. This is their, the heart is one's mind, the way he thinks, uh, one's will, how he decides, even one's emotions, how he feels. And what the Lord is saying about his people is that your sin is an inward sin. It is part of your thinking. It's endemic to your thought processes, your processes. It's, it's, it's what you're deciding. It's what's guiding you. It's, it's, it's the way you feel. And so this is really an issue, isn't it? And the Bible says that upon the horns of your altars, not, not the altar of God, not, not the altar of the temple, but your altars, your high places, your, your idolatry, 
your false gods. It's part and parcel to how you live, where your trust lies. Look at verse number two. Whilst their children remember their altars and their groves by the green trees upon the high hills. So your idolatry, uh, the sinfulness of your decision-making is something that has been transferred generationally. Your, Your children think this way. Your children feel this way. Your children make decisions based upon this criteria. So as we have pointed out, Jeremiah is dealing with a sin in the nation that is now generational. It's not just what people think, it's how people think. Verse number three, oh, my mountain in the field. See the, the poetic language here. Oh, my mountain in the field, I will give thy substance and all thy treasures to the spoil. In other words, to the enemy that's going to come in and steal it. And thy high places for their for sin throughout all thy borders. So it's almost as if the Lord now is speaking to the land itself and saying, how sad. All of what could have been for the benefit of my people, all of what was there for their benefit, for their profit, the, the wonderful land of Israel, with the fr- the milk and the honey and the riped fields and the the lush ground and the rain that sh- that could have come it's all for naught because you have you have prostituted it you have used it for a a a purpose that I did not intend how sad that is verse number 4 and thou even thyself So see the emphasis as God really says, look me in the eyes here. And thou, even thyself, shalt discontinue from thine heritage that I gave thee. And I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. For ye have kindled a fire in mine anger, which shall burn forever. So just think about that word discontinue. God's purpose for his people is that they would live in that land unabated. They would live in that land continuously. And yet, what have we seen historically in the nation of Israel? They have not lived there continuously. And God said very shortly, we're going to discontinue. You're going to discontinue your inhabiting of this land. And you're going to go to another land. You're going to go to a land of captivity. And so there's going to be an interruption in my intended blessing for you as it relates to this land for 70 years. Well, they did come back to the land, but ultimately what happened in 70 AD, the people of God again faced the judgment of Rome in that case. And ultimately in 130, uh, I'm sorry, not BC, uh, AD and 130 AD that the the nation of Israel again uh, totally scattered and uh, ceased to be a nation. And not until 1948 uh, was the nation of Israel regathered again. So these, these seasons of discontinuing, think about the word discontinue even in our vernacular. Sometimes a, a product will be introduced and will do well on the shelves at some department store. But then because of uh, whatever, uh, the 
may, maybe the product is not being used anymore or whatever, it is discontinued. Sometimes that we use that term to refer to a television series. Well, it's been discontinued. How sad that the Lord said about his own people, your time in this land has been discontinued. And that's the term he's using here in verse number four. Look at verse number five. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm or relies upon his human strength as the strength and whose heart departeth from the Lord. What what strong language, cursed, cursed to be the man. Now, this ought to have brought the mindset of the people right back to what God had told them years before. Remember when that second generation was poised and ready to come into the promised land? Uh, Moses had said to that generation, when you finally get to this land that God has promised you, then get to the place of Shechem. Get on either side of that place of promise. Get on Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim and read the blessings and the cursings. Rehearse them among yourselves that if you follow me, this land will be a place of blessing. But if you don't follow me, the curses will come. And so now God summarizes those curses by saying, it's a curse for you not to trust me. It's a curse for you not to follow my word. It's a curse for you to do it your own way, to act as if it's your strength, your power, your wisdom, uh, your resources that will sustain you because that is not true. And he says, cursed be the man that trusteth in man, in himself, right? Lean not unto thine own understanding and in all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths and find your strength, your sustenance, your resource in me. But they weren't doing that. And the Bible says, ultimately, you're inviting a curse upon yourself when you look to yourself as a resource, when you look to yourself as uh, having sufficient strength. That is not true. That will not sustain. Look at verse number, well, the end of verse five gives us really the theme uh, that we saw last chapter, and we're going to see this chapter, and that is it's a heart issue, isn't it? It's a heart issue. Uh, your heart is departing from the Lord. And I'll say this, your heart departs from God long before your feet do. You know, people that get bitter against the Lord, uh, leave church, uh, leave Christianity, begin the process of deconstruction or whatever you want to call it, uh, their heart leaves long before their feet leave. Their heart leaves long before um, they, they physically leave. And that's what's happening here. God says, I see that. I've seen your departure already. Verse number uh, six, and God uses an illustration that is really poignant. He says, for he shall be like the heath. The heath was uh, a desert shrub uh, in the wilderness, grow, growing down by the Dead Sea. It had fruit, but not fruit that was profitable. When you open the fruit of the of this shrub, it was called the arar, was the Hebrew name for it, which ironically, one commentator pointed out, sounds a lot like the word for curse, which is arur. So it's almost like the po uh, there's poetic uh, connection here to say you're living the cursed life. Like a, like a 
dried up shrub in the wilderness that grows fruit, but it's not profitable fruit. Looks good on the outside, but on the inside, it's dry and really fruitless. So the Bible says here, he shall be like the heath in the desert, shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land not inhabited. That's the future of people that reject God. That's the future of people that don't find their nourishment and sustenance in God, but in themselves. There's nothing. They're dried up. They're like a shrub in the desert. Verse number seven, here's the contrast. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. See, there's the hope. There's where the fountain is. There's where the watering is. There's where the sustenance is, not in one's self, but in the Lord. Verse number eight, for he, that man that trusteth in the Lord, he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. Oh, the, the hot summer days don't bother him. Why? He lives by the river. His roots go down deep. And he shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, shall not be careful or, or anxious in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Well, there's the, the contrast. What does that verse remind you of, by the way? Those of you that love the Bible, have read the Bible many times, what does that verse remind you of, verse number eight? It reminds you of Psalm 1, the very beginning of the book of Psalms. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, his leaf also shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This is a time-honored symbol of fruitfulness, that you're planted and your roots are, are drinking in the water of the river. And regardless of the temperature or the season, there's fruitfulness. Why? Because there's that abiding, uh, uh, that abiding by the river, by the waters of life. And that's what God is saying to his people. I am those waters of life. Abide in me. Abide by me. There will always be fruitfulness in spite of the heat of the season, in spite of the time of year. Why? Because you are planted in me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. What a great contrast, again, uh, for all of us to understand. The arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own. We sing that gospel song. No, it's the Lord in whom we ought to place all of our trust today. Ask the Lord today. Lord, help me to trust you more. We sing that song, oh, for grace to trust him more, right? Uh, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Even the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Maybe that's your prayer today. Lord, help me to trust you more. Hope that that that's your heart today. We're uh, gonna end there in verse number uh, eight. We'll come back to verse number nine, which is a very famous verse. I've, I've wanted to get there, uh, but you've seen the context now. We'll get there tomorrow. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.